Well, it's good to be back into the auditorium and seeing everybody here, and we've been gone quite a while, have we not? And uh, it's good to be back in here, and next uh, Sunday, it'll be good to have Sunday school again. Uh, The best best class is over in the old fellowship hall, so that's up to (laughs) y'all. Take your Bibles and turn with us this morning to the Gospel of Matthew, chapter number 13, dealing with a very difficult passage of Scripture. Uh, uh, This was, uh, Pastor, give me an assignment, and I don't have a problem with that. I remember many, many years ago in in Bible school, uh, uh, we would get assignments to preach on. And all the guys in there had to preach every once in a while, and they would give you a certain passage of Scripture, and you had to work it out, and then uh, they would grade you on the presentation of that. So I'm far enough down the road, I don't care how you grade today, I'm just going to preach, and uh, I'll be like the evangelists that used to come through here. If you'll listen, if you'll listen faster, I'll get done quicker. So uh, we could just uh, go that route. But let's... Let's look here. Let me read these verses, uh, uh, beginning in verse number 24. Another parable put he forth unto them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is likened unto a man which sowed good seed in his field. But while men slept, his enemy came and sowed sowed tares among the wheat and went his way. But when the blade was sprung up and brought forth fruit, then appeared the tares also, So the servant of the householder came and said to him, Sir, did we not sow good seed in the field? From whence then hath these tares? He said unto them, An enemy hath done this. The servant said unto him, Will thou then that we go and gather them up? But he said, No, lest while you gather up the tares, you root up also the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest And in the time of harvest, I will say to the reapers, Gather ye together first the tares, and bind them in bundles to burn them, but gather the wheat into my barn. Last week we heard a message about different seed falling in different soil, some good, some not good, and... This week we're going to look at the counterfeit seed that is sowed in the field. To counterfeit simply means to imitate something. And that, sad to say, takes place even in the churches of our day. The seven parables of Matthew chapter number 13 gives to us a work of the gospel in our present day. Uh, What is the truth uh, is the Lord Jesus Christ is telling us in this parable uh, uh, that we are called to carry uh, the gospel into the world, into the field. I realize, I trust as we look at the passage of Scripture today, uh, that we'll find comfort in the message uh, because uh, when you see and hear all the things that's happening in our world, all the things that are counterfeit, uh, all the things that's working under the cover of Christianity, uh, 
It's comfort to know the last song that they sang, uh, even come quickly, Lord Jesus, and He's going to come. Uh, and when Jesus comes, uh, He's going to do the separating. That's not my job, it's not your job, but it's going to be His job. So the foundation of this church, as well as the church up in New York, or any church for that matter, uh, that, is pr- pr- that is presenting the true gospel, uh, it is going forth to sow the seeds of the gospel. You'll note here that the sower in this parable is the Son of Man. And we'll say a little bit more about that in a moment. That is the Lord Jesus Christ. And one of the things that I have discovered over the years, that is Jesus never delivered His message in such a way that it would cause confusion among people. But He sent a message in order that we might understand it and that we might hide these truths in our heart and that the people we come in contact, we might be able to reveal that unto them. So it's our responsibility It's our responsibility for every believer to sow the good seed around the world, which we know is the Word of God. Now, I have another one of those good Baptist sermons, uh, four points and a poem, and we'll go home, okay? I want you to notice, first of all, this morning, uh, the sowing of the seed. There in verses 24 and 25, uh, you'll note there again... uh, It says, it speaks about the sowing the good seed in the field. And then there while the enemy, while they slept, the enemy came in and sowed tares among the wheat and it went his way. As was said to us last week, a parable is an earthly story or an earthly illustration with a heavenly meaning. And so this is one of the parables that you can read, and you don't have to wonder about what God is saying to us as individuals, because in a few more verses down from this, you can get an interpretation of what this parable is all about. You'll note there on down in verse number 37, "...who sowed the seed." And it says, He answered and said unto them, He that sowed the good seed is the Son of Man. The Son of Man. This is mentioned several, several times in the Word of God. He refers to Himself in this terminology as the Son of Man. And He does that for a reason. We realize it's a common thing for Him. And He used that title more than any other title Uh, to refer to himself. It speaks of his incarnation. It identifies him in his humanness. And he's the second Adam or the last Adam that is spoke of in the Word of God. In Luke chapter number 22, verse number 69, Jesus said unto the the Sanhedrin, Hereafter shall the Son of Man sit on the right hand of the power of God. Who sowed the tares? We know who has sowed the good seed. But who has sown the tares among the wheat? Well, that's interpreted that for us in verse number 39. The enemy that sowed them is the devil. The devil. 
Not everybody that lives in our world today is a child of God by a new birth experience. Not even a lot of religious people that are out there today are truly born again, born from above. I realize that God said unto Nicodemus, he said, you must be born again. And so my prayer to you today that everybody in this building, everybody in this auditorium today, I trust has had a born again experience with the Lord Jesus Christ. I realize today that the devil is doing all he can. This started back in the Garden of Eden when he tricked Eve into doing the thing, and he's been working ever since. And he's got a lot of good experience. I know even in the beginning of my life and my ministry, I struggled with this matter of being born again. It was a, it was a mystery to me. I couldn't understand it. Growing up around some people, I thought, well, I'm saved today, but because of what I did, I'm not saved tomorrow because I did this thing here. I could not understand this eternal security of the believer until later on in my ministry and a man set me down and showed me in the word of God that once I have been born again I'll never lose my salvation amen it's good to know that amen sure it is so if if you remember it was a religious crowd that crucified our Lord Jesus Christ notice second of all the similarity of the seed. <clears throat> They're lookalikes. They're lookalikes. But there's a difference. There are a lot of counterfeits who say they're Christians. We've got a lot of what we would call cults out there. All of these unbelievers, all these people who are parading under the name of Christianity. But you learn as you study the scriptures uh, that God is still in control of all things. And uh, that should be what comforts us even in our day. We've been through some difficulty in the last, last year, have we not? Uh, and we've had to trust the Lord to keep us safe uh, uh, as they have uh, come forth to... Uh, help us with the COVID and giving us the shots and, and all like that. And, and I think the church has done a pretty good job in keeping people safe and, and keeping people some that were at risk over in the, the fellowship area over there. And uh, for those of us who were over there... Uh, uh, we had a great time. I mean, we didn't let y'all know what we were doing over there, but we were having a great time over there and uh, enjoying ourselves. Thank you, Pastor, for making that available. <laughs> don't you crowd who, who, with, who was with us over, don't you say anything. We may have to go back. <laughs> this speaks about those who pretend to be good seed. The devil is always good at counterfeiting them. We see this more and more that's happening even in our day. And we realize that there's an antichrist that's going to come on the scene. The Word of God tells us uh, that in the latter days, uh, there is going to be one that is going to come on the scene 
known as the Antichrist, anti, against everything that, that the Lord Jesus Christ has been. Do you realize that the spirit of the Antichrist is already here? It's already working among uh, the people. In the little book of 1 John, chapter number 2, verse number 8, it says, little children, it is the last time. Now, we've been on the last time ever since the Lord Jesus Christ was here. And it says, it is the last time, as you have heard, that Antichrist shall come. Even now are there many Antichrists, uh, whereby we know that it is the last time. So, the last time was when Jesus was here, uh, and we're living in the age of grace, uh, The age of grace is a time when God is calling out a people for His name. But in 1 John chapter 2, verse number 22, we're told who the Antichrist is. It says, who is a liar? Who is a liar? But they that deny that Jesus is the Christ, He is Antichrist that denies the Father and the Son. On our last trip, Mary and I were minding our own business. I pulled into a service station to fill up the motor home because we were getting kind of low on fuel. And I was standing there minding my own business, putting my fuel in. And this lady came up and began to talk to me. And uh, she says, uh, do you ever read your Bible? And I said, yes, ma'am. I, I read my Bible. Uh, and she says, uh, well, uh, uh, are you a Christian? And I said, yes, ma'am, I, I'm, I'm a Christian. And we talked on a little bit, uh, but in a little bit, uh, I asked her a couple of questions. Um, and I, talked, I, I called her attention about who Jesus Christ was and about his deity. Uh, and she says, oh, no. She says, I don't believe that. I don't believe that Jesus was God while he was here. And I said, Jesus was just as much God while he was here as he was when he was away from us. And she began to look at me and give me a bad look. Uh, And she's the one that started the thing. I didn't. Uh, But I got a good good lick in concerning the matter of what I believe in. It's like these people that knock on your door. And I've learned when they knock on my door, I open the door and they tell me who they are. And I said, well, let me tell you who I am. Before you ever try to tell me who you are, let me tell you who I am. I am a born again child of God. I believe Jesus Christ, the virgin born son of God, who came into the world, who knew no sin, was made sin for me, that I might be made the righteousness of God in him. And I believe that Jesus was no less God while he was here than he was when he was up in heaven. And by that time, you don't have to worry about them. (laughs) They're gone. They're gone. Notice the survival of the seed. I think we have all probably have asked ourselves the question, why does God allow the bad seed to grow among the good seed? 
How many of you remember when the plane flew into the World Trade Center and put our, put our country in a, in a turmoil? Remember that? And I remember people saying, why didn't God stop that? Could He have? Sure He did. Why didn't He stop that? Why does God allow all the rights, all the murders, all the child abuse, and all like that? Why didn't the farmer say to the men when they discovered the bad seed in the field? Now, I do a garden every year, and and, and as I go out and I work in my garden and I plant good seed out there and when the good seed begins to come up and I look and I see some tares begin to come up in my field, I want you to know they don't last long. I take my hoe and I go out there and I cut them all out. And the reason I do that, I don't want them competing with the good seed that I have planted in the ground so why didn't the farmer say to the men uh, when they discovered the tares out there, boys, get your mattocks, get your holes, and, and we're going to go down to the field and we're going to dig them all up. He didn't say that, but notice what he says there in verse 38. Matthew 13, 38. He said unto them, an enemy hath done this. And the servant said unto him, well, now then that we go and gather them up. But he said, no. Lest while you're gathering up the tares, you root up also the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. How do we deal with counterfeits? They're similar, so you can't tell. You'll notice here, God has told us, and for when I first started, I thought it was my job. I thought it was my job to kill weeds. I did. But it's not my job to kill weeds. God has not called us on a crusade to go out and kill all the counterfeits that is out there. I only know one person in this whole congregation here today. Of all the people that are here, I don't know how many is here, but of all the people that are here, I only know one person in this whole congregation that's saved. Now you may tell me you are. And I'll, I'll take your word for it until... Maybe I discovered your counterfeit, but I know that I've been born again. Do you know that? Can you honestly, truly stand up and say, I know that I am born again? 1 Corinthians 2 and 11 says, What person knows the things of a person save the spirit of that person that is in them? In other words, he's saying here, you should know that there's somebody that's dwelling on the inside of you, that's bearing witness with your spirit uh, that you are a child of God. Do you have that? Do you know that uh, beyond a shadow of a doubt? Uh, or 
Can you say along with what, what Paul is saying here, uh, the Spirit of God's dwelling on the inside of the people. So what is that? Well, you've got to go back to the Gospel of John, chapter number 14, verse number 16. And you'll notice her, and he says, And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter. Now, let's just stop right there for a moment. Is there somebody on the inside of you that when you're going through difficulties, that bears witness in your spirit that God's still in control? I was at my pulmonologist this week, and uh, my pulmonologist didn't give me the best report. I oh, don't look sad. Yeah, the devil's put a couple of more nodules down in there. And I said, uh, okay, doc, what are we going to do about it? She said, we're going to watch it. And I said, okay. We're going to watch him. She says, let me go get some more paperwork. And when she walks out of that office and goes and does what she does and everything, I just simply said, Lord, I can't handle this. You can. So a little bit, my daughter texts me and the one that's... Uh, Always uh, trying to check up on me, and which they all do, but she does maybe a little bit more. And she says, uh, what'd they say? And I said, everything's okay. You know why I said okay? Because that one on the inside of me was bearing witness to me that everything's going to be okay. So he says here, I'll pray to the Father, He'll give you another comforter, that He may do what? How long? You mean I can't get rid of him? No. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive, counterfeits can't receive it, because it sees him not, neither knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and shall be in you. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. John 16, 13 says, How be it when he... The Spirit of truth is come. He will guide you into all truth, for he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. He shall glorify me, for he shall receive of mine, and shall show it unto you. There's a lot of evil in our world. Now, if I want my plants to grow and produce what do I need to do? I got to work around them and fertilize them. Okay. But you don't have to fertilize evil. Did you get that? You don't have to fertilize evil. It'll grow on its own. It'll grow on its own. And so there's a lot of evil. There's a lot of fertilizing that's going on for evil. And I know that these groups are answerable to God, not to me. Then you'll notice, last of all, there's the separation of the seed. 
Verse 30, let both grow together. Let both grow together until the harvest. And in the time of harvest, I will say to the reapers, Gather ye together first the tares, and bind them in bundles to burn them, but gather the wheat into my barn. Verse 40 of that same chapter, it says, As therefore the tares are gathered and burned in the fire, so shall it be in the end of the world. Verse 41, The Son of Man shall send forth His angels, and they shall gather out of His kingdom all things that offend, and them which do iniquity, and shall cast them into a furnace of fire. There shall be wailing and gnashing of teeth. I've had people say, I'm not going to worry about going to hell, because when I get to hell, I've been in the air-conditioned business all my life, and I'm going to air-condition it when I get there. It's not going to be such a fun time, is it? Wailing and gnashing of teeth. Uh, could God do away with them? Yes, now He could. He will do away with them in the future. Notice what it says in Revelation chapter number 14. Everybody's interested in this. Revelation 14 and 14, and he says, And I looked, and behold, a white cloud, and upon the cloud one set like unto the Son of Man, having in his hand a golden crown, and in his hand a sharp sickle. Now, most of our crowd here today would know nothing about a sharp sickle. We've modernized our world, and Everything's cut down with a machine, but there used to be a time, and I've, I've, seen my great, I've seen my uncle use one of those sickles. And it's a big, long, most of you have seen that, and, and he cuts everything down. And he says there, he, he take it in his hand, a sharp sickle, and another angel came out of the temple crying with a loud voice to him that sat on the cloud, thrust in the sickle and reap, for the time is come for thee to reap. For the harvest of the earth is ripe. For those of us who like tomatoes, you like tomatoes? Can't wait to get that first one, can you? You go out into your garden, you watch that thing, and then there comes a day when you feel like that thing is going to make a good mater sandwich, as the old country folks say. And you pull it off. I've got an enemy out there in my garden. No, I have to watch. Because if I go out there too late to get that ripe tomato, I see teeth prints in that beautiful tomato that I've been saving. He better watch it. I've got his name. I've got his number. So we have here in a time when there's going to be a harvest of the earth when everything is ripe. I think we're today seeing a preview of things that's going to happen later. 
The world is being prepared for what we know as a tribulation period. Also, our world is getting prepared for a millennium, a period of time when the Lord Jesus Christ is going to rule and reign. But, but before that can happen, there must be a ripening of the harvest and a gathering out for the children of God. You sang the song, Lord Jesus, come. Even come quickly, Lord Jesus. Look back there just for a moment in verses 14 and 15. Can you pull that back up? If you can't, look in your Bible. Back there in Revelation chapter 14, verse number 14. And you'll note a couple of things there. You'll notice there's his position. And where is he at? He's sitting upon a cloud. Now the reason I say there's a difference between the rapture and the revelation. When Jesus comes for the church, he's coming in the air, right? He's coming. He's coming at a time when man thinks not. And we're going to be called out. But here's a period of time in his position here, when he tells us here in the Word of God, he's sitting upon a cloud. A cl an exalted position. Do we realize today that Christ is not honored upon the earth today? He's honored in heaven. I think he's on the right hand of the Father. He's making intercession for you and I. He's allowed the Holy Spirit of God to work in our lives, to comfort us and encourage us in these latter days that we are living in. But upon the earth, He's despised and He's rejected. You don't have to go very far until here you can hear the Lord Jesus' name or God's name blasphemed. You can walk through the department store and He's not being honored here. But one of these days, he's going to receive the honor due unto his name. Then, no, excuse me, notice power. There's his position, but notice his power. He has that sharp sickle. That sharp sickle is going to be very effective in that day when he begins to judge. And the Bible says, and people will be cast into the lake of fire and brimstone that burns forever and ever. Last of all, you'll notice his proclamation. He said, thrust in the sickle and reap. As I close this morning, three things I want to bring to your attention right quickly. Number one, are you saved? Are you saved? Do you know that? Do you have God's Spirit bearing witness inside of your spirit that you are a child of God? 2 Corinthians 13 and 5 says that a person is to examine themselves. 
whether they are in the faith. Would you do that this morning while you're sitting there? I'm trying to bring this thing to a close. Are you saved? Are, are you saved? Examine yourselves. Just simply ask yourself right now, God, am I saved? And if something on the inside of you says, no, I'm not here trying to confuse you. I'm just simply saying, is there something on the inside of you saying you're saved? <coughs> Number two. And I used to use this as an excuse, but don't let counterfeits keep you from coming to Christ. I hear my grandmother right now. Jerry, you need to go to church. And I'd say, Grandma, there's too many hypocrites down there at that church. Have y'all ever said that? Do you think anybody's ever said that about Harmony Grove? Has anybody ever said that about you? There's just too many hypocrites in the, in the church today. Let me say, don't allow a few hypocrites in the church to cause you to spend eternity with them when this life is over. Number three, remember one time you were a tear. Do you remember that? You remember when you were a tear? I'm sure my mother and my father and my sister and some others remembers when I was a tear. I went back to my high school reunion for years before they realized I wouldn't a tear anymore. You know why? They remembered what I used to be. But thank God I'm not what I used to be. I've been changed. If you'll do what Romans 10 9 and 10 says. Do you know that? That if you'll confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and shall believe in thy heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. I say again, are you saved? Do you know that beyond a shadow of a doubt? Let's bow our heads and all stand. Father in heaven, as we've tried to bring a little thought this morning, Concerning the counterfeit seed. I'm not here to try to confuse anyone today. But it's good to know that when people walk out of here. They know beyond a shadow of a doubt. In whom they believe in. And that he's able to keep that which they've committed unto him against that day. And Lord... I pray today that everyone that's here will examine themselves to see whether or not they have truly repented of their sins and trusted the Lord Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. 
Thank you again for the opportunity to be back among the people here. Thank you for the opportunity to see their faces, their smiles, their encouragement. I pray, Lord, that you'll continue to bless Harmony Grove. Forgive us of where we sin. Help us to do your will. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All they sing. If you have a need, come.